Hey, it's Flames, and this is Climate Changers, a podcast where we celebrate the heroes who are on the front lines of creating a new and sustainable resource and energy economy. Today, my guest is Graham Hill, founder and CEO of Carbonauts. Hi, Graham. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Could you tell us about your vision for Carbonauts? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I've been at this about 23 years. It's obviously a really important part of my life. Uh, I built this site called Tree Hugger back in the mid-2000s, biggest site on the web for a while. And back then, it was really about how do we mainstream green? Well, at this point, the good news is that people are aware. We've got tremendous awareness. People get it. Uh, the challenge is people aren't doing that much. And really understandably, so not to point fingers whatsoever. It's uh, There's a lot of information, disinformation, people have busy lives, etc. But people are aware and do want to do something. So the Carbonauts, at its most basic, is to help educate and inspire people to take action on climate, generally at home, but also uh, at the companies they work with and, and, and in community. And you work with a lot of large organizations, Fortune 500 and such. How does Carbonauts help these organizations create cultures of sustainability? We're focused on workshops, live cohort-based workshops, cameras on, highly interactive. People have busy lives and this stuff is really communal. And so we think it's really important to do it together. And so we try to use the latest in behavior science and make it a really positive, meet people where they are, enjoyable experience, help them to sort of understand their footprints and then help them understand what to do about it. Uh, and that will really uh, vary from person to person. And you mentioned Tree Hugger before. You've had a really interesting career trajectory in the environmental movement, including small living as well. Could you talk about these experiences and how you landed where you are now? Yeah, sure. It's changed over time. Uh, Tree Hugger was 2004 when I started, and I've been thinking about it for since 2000. And so at that point, it was really the, the environmental media was really not great. It was negative, inspired by fear. It was anti-business. It tended to not be designed forward, tended to be partisan. And so we, despite the name, it's a tongue-in-cheek name, we saw this incredible, beautiful, modern, green future out there. And we wanted to bring it together for people so they could really experience it in, in one place and really understand it, bring it to life for people. And so it was one of the early blogs and designed forward, bipartisan, pro-business, and we were aggressive. So we had uh, a lot of content on a regular basis. And so we were very quickly the biggest green site on the web, held on to that for a number of years, sold it to Discovery in 2007. Discovery took great care of it, ended up doing a joint venture with Mother Nature News. And then eventually it made its way to IAC, where it's run by my friend Neil Vogel under uh, Dot Dash and Meredith. So billions of web pages uh, over the years and very happy that it's, uh, that it's still going. And you've also been involved in small living. What, what is small living? So small living, I would say, is we did a bunch of architecture, but a bunch of media. Just the basic idea that we've lost our way somewhat and that happiness levels have really flatlined since the 50s and that we can all live smaller lives, less space and less stuff. And uh, as a great way to save money, but also to reduce your footprint and that a smaller, simpler life is a happier life. And so we did some... Uh, Transforming apartments, uh, like one room that transforms into many different rooms. So Murphy beds and moving walls and 
just really smart approaches in terms of what you bring into your life. Uh, yeah, and I very much believe it. It's a sort, sort of a minimalist thing, but just sort of a less but better. So just being really conscious about, about your life and understanding that happiness is about experiences, it's about relationships, and it's really not about uh, space and, and stuff. And so trying to focus on the stuff that matters and bring you a little bit more time, a little bit more money, and a, a smaller footprint. And as a whole, the modern environmental movement has been around for about three decades. How do you think it's doing? Well, by the numbers, pretty terrible, <laughs> terribly, <laughs> unfortunately. But I remain positive. There's also tremendous news out there uh, on a regular basis. And I think we are a smart species and that we are absolutely figuring it out. And I'm, I'm very excited. Having been at this for quite a while, I saw a real uptick in the mid-2000s, late-2000s. I see another one now. You know, we work with very large companies, and many of them have really aggressive sustainability goals, and that's really fantastic. And, you know, I think the IRA is, is great news, and we're just seeing some real momentum build. Uh, we are definitely not out of the woods yet, but there's a lot of uh, very positive stuff to come. But, yeah, overall, uh, we have just <laughs> continued emitting more and more. Our emissions have gone up, up, and up, and up. So that part hasn't been great, but uh, I remain positive uh, that we're going to turn it around. I think people get it, and we're really starting to do something about it. And you said we're a smart animal, but it's tough to get people to change their behavior. What have you learned during your journey as a change maker that makes this process easier? So I think the main thing is social norms. You know, like I look at something like fashion. Uh, you know, we, we have people wore ripped jeans for the last <laughs> bunch of years, so... We just care so much about what other people think and the way that we tend to make decisions, not even 10, that's the way that the way that we do it is we look around at the people close to us in order to determine what we do. And so this is simply building new social norms, making sustainable behavior, positive thing that you want to do and, and unsustainable behavior, something you don't want to do. It's really that simple. So I think that's probably the, the, the main thing. We also, there are just some basic things. I think you, you, you want to do this in community. You want to do this with with other people. So we really focus on that in our workshops. They're just highly engaging and communal, and you're sort of doing it together. We want people to do this together. I think that's a, a powerful way of getting it done. You know, there are 100 million tricks, and we try to, to integrate as many of them as possible. We're, we're planning to hire a full-time behavior scientist at a certain point here because, yeah, you, you, behavior change, definitely didn't pick an easy area. Behavior change is, is, is really tricky, but we're, we're doing a great job. Uh, people who take our, our workshops really like it and really uh, start to, to make a difference. And uh, so we're in the yeah, mushy area of culture change. But these big companies, they've got aggressive goals. If they want to get to them, they want to move a long way in a short period of time, then they've got need the culture that supports that. Every job's a climate job. And so we can help get the staff to that place. So they're all contributing. You often refer to the big six behaviors as actions that individuals can take to have the highest impact on climate. What are those six behaviors? So the six, and this could vary, but definitely varies person to person. But we think for the most part, for most people, in terms of their personal footprints, uh, the big six are, one, switching to renewable energy in your home. To if you drive, which unfortunately many, many people do, uh, trying to switch to a, a plug-in hybrid or even better, uh, an EV. 
three food-related stuff. That's uh, moving to a plant-rich diet, reducing food waste, which turns out is a very big deal, uh, and composting, either starting or upping your game there. Then flying, reducing and optimizing. Offsets, if you can afford it, buying as many as you can for what very high-quality ones. That's definitely a bit of a fraught area, but there's some very important projects out there that are, are very real and we need to support them. And finally, uh, social norms. Uh, so sharing is really important. 70% of people actually really do care, but we tend to think that only 50% of us do. So it's really important to talk about this stuff and not in a shaming way, not in a preachy way, but in a helpful, positive manner that allows people to also sort of come out of the woodwork and build a real momentum around this to help build these social norms. So sharing is the sixth one. And when people think about climate, they often focus on their personal carbon footprint. But for real change, we need to work as communities to change systems. What's your take on the difference between personal change and systems change? Well, I think we need it all. And uh, humans love to point fingers and we just need to stop doing that. So it's really, it's a, it's a yes and situation. It's all hands on deck. And so, you know, ideally you contribute in all areas, but let's stop pointing fingers and get after it. So we have to do it in our businesses. We have to do it in our homes. We have to do it in our communities. So I think it's sort of a, a red herring, just sort of trying to pick one person. And I also think it's really important, like we, we like to point it like, corporations and people say something like 100 companies are responsible for 70 percent of the emissions on the planet or something i'm like yeah and we buy from those companies invest in those companies work in those companies we are those companies and so it's just yeah it's really important that we all do our part and you know ultimately the world is made of of individuals and so um, we have to take up these solutions and it's not enough to have the solutions we need to get people taking them up. So we need people moving to plant-rich diets. We need people driving more electric. We need people to be re reducing and optimizing their flying, etc. So um, yes and to all of it. And you just mentioned diet and food was in the big six behaviors. Mm -hmm. And I've heard you've been hosting sustainability dinners. Could you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I sort of, this is a natural thing I've done. I, I think I had my first group over to my loft in New York in 2000. And uh, I, I was in New York for like 19 years. And then five years ago, I moved to LA and live in Venice. And I just realized I didn't know that many people. And so I, I have a nice 12 foot table at my home. So I just started inviting people and I've uh, done 59 of them over the last year. And so I don't know, a thousand people or something, mostly here, but also in other areas where our staff live, uh, Seattle, Boston, Vancouver, and then whenever I travel, I do them well. And they're just very simple. We got 15 sustainability-focused people uh, around a table, breaking bread and uh, sharing their stories. And it's uh, incredibly rewarding. Old friends meeting up and new friendships being formed. And I think all this stuff's really important. It can be pretty lonely in this. So we need to all connect and see how we help each other. And so they're very informal and, and uh, they're, they're a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to steal that model and begin hosting some here in Boulder. Right on. That's great. And you mentioned earlier that despite you know some of the bad news and the challenges that we face in this fight against climate change, that you remain optimistic. What makes you optimistic about the future? Well, I think it's just it's become real. You know, 
like all of our institutions know it's real and talk about it. And it's just become more real for the average person. And so it's starting to really shift. We're starting to see it less as a sacrifice and more as opportunity. And so whether it's renewable energy or electric vehicles or, you know, uh, meat replacement or what have you, there's uh, there's trying to be a real opportunity from a business perspective. And so I think that's really helping. People understand it. We know where we have to go. And now there's opportunity. It's becoming real. We're getting it and we're doing something about it. So uh, that makes me uh, feel positive about the future. Well, Graham, thank you for your work to fight climate change through cultural transformation. And thank you for joining this episode of Climate Changers. Thanks so much for having me. I I really like what you're up to, and I, I love that you keep them short. Every episode of Climate Changers has a call to action posted in the show notes. Each call to action has been curated to make it easy for you to help create the changes that we discussed today. Thank you for joining Climate Changers. Until next time.